As we uh, take time to remember and to say thanks to those who have given their lives, fighting for the freedoms of this country, it's so important that we recognize that Daryl wants me to say something. <laughs> Kids are dismissed at this time. It's also important for us to remember that as we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and think about the sacrifice he's made and trust him for what he has done, that we understand that the very language of faith is thanksgiving. And I want you to think of, of your life as a story, and it's a story made up of a lot of different scenes. And I don't know what your current scene looks like, but some of our scenes are filled with, with joyful times that create wonderful memories. Others are very hard, very challenging there can be scenes in our life that are, are filled with grief, some with despair. There are scenes in our lives that have renewed hope. But I want to say that in, in any of our scenes in our lives, no matter what that scene looks like, an attitude of thankfulness within that scene indicates that we've invited Jesus into our story in that moment in time. And I want to just very briefly take a look at what that looks like and how it works. And faith is the key to being able to remain thankful no matter what we go through. Uh, faith connects us to God and who he is, and it connects us to what he says is true about our lives and about our future. And so faith results in God's truth controlling our hearts and minds rather than our current circumstances. And that allows us to be able to praise him no matter the current scene we're in because we understand that, that he's defined us, he's got us, he has our best interests in mind. So again, the language of faith is thanksgiving. And when we are able to give thanks in any scene in our lives, it indicates that we're connecting to God through faith. On the other hand, unbelief uh, sucks the life out of us and it allows our difficult circumstances that we go through to be disruptive forces in our hearts and minds. And the result then isn't thanksgiving, but rather you'll find a lot of negativity and despair uh, descending on us and coming out of us. Colossians 2.7 explains this connection between our exercising faith and having thankful hearts. Verse 7, let your roots grow down into him, into Jesus, and let your lives be built on him. Then your life will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thanksgiving. You know, we shared in a, a series not long ago called The Gospel, that faith takes us through a doorway that leads us into a, a whole new scene for the rest of our lives where the gospel becomes that dominant influence in our lives. And as we, according to this verse, as we continue to sink our roots deep into Jesus, as we continue to, to build our foundations upon his secure foundation of who he is and what he says is true, it says here that our faith will keep growing stronger and stronger. And the result is we will overflow with thankfulness. The, the word overflow there, parasiro, 
uh, describes a river that, that the water is just overflowing its banks. And it says, as, as we connect to God in a regular basis, then, then we are going to have a stronger and stronger faith, and that faith will overflow in thankfulness. The language of faith is thanksgiving. So, because of that, the spaces that are inhabited by people who, who believe Jesus and have a growing faith should be places where there's an overflowing of expressions of gratitude, but where faith is lacking, words of thankfulness are seldom heard. They get displaced by pessimism and despair. When we do express thanks, we provide our broken and, and despairing world with a visible witness of the power of the gospel. People should be uplifted just by spending time with you and with me. The church, that's us, the body of believers, should be a place that's filled with joy and hope. We see how important a thankful heart is to Jesus in Luke chapter 17 on a day that he touched the lives of, of 10 lepers, and, and they were a marginalized segment of society, and, and they were declared religiously unclean by the priests and suddenly jerked away from their, their friends and loved ones. They end up living in, in unsanitary conditions, very isolated and it says, they stood at a distance and, and they called out to Jesus for mercy as they saw him approaching. And he instructed them to go and show themselves to the priest whose job it was to declare whether a leper was clean or, or unclean. And they demonstrated faith by proceeding toward where that priest resided, even though they were still diseased. On their way, as they journeyed, it says that they were healed. And, and that was a life changer. Suddenly, their lives could go back to normal, and, and they had to be ecstatic as they thought that through. One of the ten, he was a Samaritan. He was, he was one that was hated by the Jews. When he realized that he was healed, it says he excitedly returned to find Jesus, to, to thank him, to thank him. And it says he praised God, and he fell at Jesus' feet, thanking him for, for entering that bleak sea of his life and, and transforming him. And Jesus seizes the moment to, to drive home just how much a thankful heart meant to him. Verse 17, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up, your faith has healed you. And no doubt all 10 of these men were thrilled with Jesus' intervention in their lives. It dramatically changed everything, but, but only one chose to say thank you to the giver of that gift. And Jesus noticed, he noticed, and he asked, where are the other nine? Expressing thanks is a big deal because when we express thanks, we are literally, as it declares here, giving glory to God. The Samaritan man, because he came back to say thanks, he received a special blessing. He had already been physically healed, but Jesus now declares, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. His response seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> 
God had done a mighty work in the lives of, of 10 lepers. And, and it's hard to believe that 90% of those men that chose not to express gratitude to the one that had brought healing to their lives. And, and we say, why? How could that possibly be? How could they be so ungrateful? And yet we need to do an honest appraisal of ourselves. And, and when you think about it, that Jesus has intervened in our lives, and he has saved us from a disease, a disease of sin and death, much worse than leprosy. And, and it seems like a no-brainer that our lives would be expressions of our faith just filled with thanksgiving that would grow and grow day by day. you know, some practical ways we can develop a heart of thankfulness and so quickly here. But I encourage you, if this is an area you want to grow in, create a journal and every day just write two or three things in that journal that you're thankful for or develop daily rhythms in your life where, where you're just uh, taking time, maybe in the morning, for me in the evening, often when I lay my head in the pillow, take time just to say thanks and also Allow worship music to be a big part of your life. It takes your mind, your heart off of circumstances, and it puts it on God, and that builds faith and causes thanksgiving. You know, Jesus gave us a really helpful rhythm of life, and, and we call it communion, and, and we, we, it's a time when we remember to say thanks to him for what he has done for us. And so today, we want to gather around the Lord's table. We want to take time to say thank you to him, and, and I trust that we'll create a huge wave of thanksgiving flowing out of this place as we remember and as we say thanks. So if you have your cup, I just in, encourage you to, to take that at this point. And, and uh, we're going to be listening to a song as you think about God's broken body, that Jesus allowed himself to be broken on your behalf, on my behalf. And, and anytime during that song, as you feel led, I, you can sing along with the song, you can just be quiet and talk to God and say thank you. Uh, wh whatever you want to do during this time, but sometimes, sometime during this song, partake of the bread. And, and it says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 and 24, for I pass on to you, Paul says, what I received from, from the Lord himself, from Jesus himself on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. So do this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember Jesus and his broken body. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. So I encourage you during this next song, uh, take time. You can sing along. You can just quietly meditate. But think about and at some point partake of the cup and remember the blood of Christ that was shed for you so that you could be forgiven.